You're listening to NBS Cast with your host, Rachel Edwards. Welcome back to NBS Cast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm your co-host, Tommy. And today we have a special episode I'm so excited to share. It's not in either of our current series that we have running, but we get to talk about the DEI hackathon that just happened last month. And we have Jess with us today to tell us a little bit more about what that is. Say hi, Jess. Hey, everyone. I'm Jess Modalzari. My pronouns are she, her, and I am a solution consultant in campus commerce. I've been here for about two years now. Thanks for introducing yourself. So let's just jump right in and start talking about the DEI hackathon and your background with DEI. So first of all, Jess, what makes you so interested and involved with DEI here at Nelnet? Um, So DEI is something I jumped right into. And just in case anyone doesn't know the acronym, um, it's Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. So my boss when I first got here told me I might be really interested in getting involved uh, with the DEI efforts better together here at Nelnet because I had been a chair at a previous company of our um, of our organization. I got super involved in DEI a long time ago. It's been a life passion outside of work and inside of work for my entire career. Um, I am someone who identifies as bisexual, as a woman, and I also have a disability. So I have had experiences where I haven't always fit into what societal societal norms are. So I really focused in on helping workplaces that I'm in become more inclusive and more accepting and just providing some basic education about the different parts of diversity, equity, inclusion. So that way we can all be supportive of each other. So what exactly is a hackathon? Isn't it something that they do in the tech world? It is something that um, happens in the tech world. So a hackathon in its normal sense is usually tech-based and it is pulling a bunch of coders, developers together to solve a problem. And what they will do is they will actually take their problem and full out code, develop a solution that is presentable at the end of their hackathon. So the idea behind it is you are putting together some of your best minds and allowing them to be as creative as they can with absolutely no boundaries. That sounds wonderful. So tell us how a hackathon can help with diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Yeah, hackathon can really help with DEI in the sense that it gives that same kind of um, atmosphere going of where everyone is there to look at a place that you can improve in. Um, look at, for us, look at a way that Nelnet can improve their DEI, our DEI, DEI efforts. And it lets people have a time to be able to completely focus in on DEI. We all have very busy day jobs um, that make sure that we are doing all the things we need to do to keep Nelnet going and being such a wonderful, successful place. But this format allows people to be able to completely focus in on figuring out what area they'd like to see the growth most and then also completely dedicating themselves for a day to be able to figure out how to solve this problem and provide um, data-driven solutions um, from research that they've been able to do. 
Um, I would love it, love it if you could give us an overview of the vision for our first DEI hackathon here at MBS. So uh, where did we want to do it? What were we hoping to accomplish? And what are some of the planning and prep in order to make it happen? Yeah, so for this DEI hackathon, um, so as a little background for me, I am a certified diversity professional through an organization called Society for Diversity. Um, and part of that program of becoming certified was creating a capstone project that could be implemented at my um, my place of employment. So my idea was taking this tech concept of a hackathon, but applying it to this thing I'm super passionate about, DEI. Part of it was, I know, obviously just doing my capstone project, but a lot of the idea behind it for me was saying, I don't get to see people, none that ever. I never get to hang out with the DEI people occasionally because I have the um, luxury of working in sales, I get to see some of my other coworkers when we go out and do um, sales visits. Anyone who's on the Better T Together committee, I really didn't get to meet any of them and get to have that same kind of personal interaction community building. And that seems to be across the board that as a committee, because we're spread throughout the country, that we don't get to have those kind of interactions. So this was a way for us to be able to have people from the committee and have other people who are interested in DEI be able to come together and um, meet each other and build a community in a different way than they've been able to before. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about the prep and planning that had to go on to make this event happen? Because this was a big event and I know there must have been so much time and effort involved in the whole process. So take us inside that and tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so I have to give a huge shout out to two people, uh, Nikki Jones and Audrey Ecker, who have been absolutely wonderful and fantastic in helping. Um, Nikki is our director of DEI here at Nelnet. So she really helped um, co-chair this event with me and um, do a lot of the arrangements, making sure we had spaces and had the judges and um, keeping us on track. And then um, Audrey also helped out with like a lot of the administrative pieces. But coming into this, this was making sure we had a full-fledged plan of what we want the day to look like. We started marketing this back um, at the beginning of June, trying to get um, some information out to like our ARGs and the Better Together Committee. And then end of June, we started doing bigger publicity overwise for, oh, overall for Nelnet to try to get some other people who may not be involved in any of the current DEI efforts to be able to come in. And then leading up to it, it was making sure we had judges in place. We had um, wonderful judges who were able to come in from um, the leadership of Nelnet and making sure we had everything ready for our participants to be able to fully dedicate themselves, um, having managers sign off, making sure we had food ready for them if they needed to travel, making sure travel accommodations were taken care of. Um, we wanted this to be something that was completely equitable and accessible by accessible by anyone who wanted to participate. And so I know one of the accessible pieces was you introduced a remote element as well, right? Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so our original thought was we wanted to try to do all of our teams in person. And that was our, our goal and aim at first. And then as people continue to talk to us, it became clear that that was not a truly equitable or accessible way to do this. So um, as you do in any job and as you really need to do in the DEI world, you need to pivot to where your audience is and make sure that you are being equitable and accessible to everyone. So 
Um, we ended up forming two online teams, which have had great participation. Um, we were able to jump into their calls a couple of times and just check in and make sure everything was going well for them. And they were just as engaged as the people in person uh, that were in person in Lincoln with us were. And it was really cool to see that we were able to get additional people from around the country to be a part of this event. Our hackathon's done now. <laughs> so let's talk about how it went. What are just some overall general impressions that you had with the event? Overall, I was just incredibly impressed and floored by the the minds that are at Nelnet because a lot of the people who um, were a part of this, I don't interact with on a regular basis. There are a few people who are in prison. There happen to be one person on my team, but there are people who are from other parts of Nelnet who I met through the hackathon and getting to see the way that their creative minds worked and getting to hear their experiences and stories was a truly incredible once in a lifetime type of experience. I mean, we say hopefully not once in a lifetime, we'd like to continue to do this again, but it was um, a really great experience for everyone who was able to participate both in person and virtually. So I'm really interested on what ideas did you guys come up with during our first hackathon? So the um, big ideas from the hackathon, there was a team who really focused in on uh, making sure our um, our wellness efforts are fully inclusive. So talking about making sure um, Virgin Pulse was in, um, fully inclusive because it did start out with some issues um, being very um, gender oriented or sex oriented versus gender oriented and that kind of thing. So uh, making sure all that stuff was accessible. And one of the other great things that they brought up was that our, um, our award right now is this really cool, amazing mountain hike, but there are people who may meet all the wellness criteria who have a disability and will not be able to do that hike. So they brought up the idea of like making sure every part of our wellness thing is fully inclusive. Um, there were a few groups who had some similar ideas, and they all um, focused around the idea of having um, individuals who are DEI resources for Nelnet. So one team um, called their ambassadors, um, and I apologize, I don't remember the names of the positions that the other teams came up with. But essentially, the idea is that you may have someone who like focuses on specific issues, like maybe someone from Beacon focusing in on um, talking being someone you can come to and say, I have a question about what it means to be a person of color in Nelnet. I have an employee who I might need some help with in this area or coming to someone from PRISM, having a specific resource to ask about how to um, make sure you're a supportive manager if you have an employee who's transitioning or just in general, having more DEI representatives at Nelnet who will be able to provide trainings and resources and be go-to people that you can ask any question you have without fear of any kind of judgment or worrying that someone's going to think you're saying something wrong. Um, we want to, they really want the, a position that will allow everyone to feel like they can ask any DEI question at any level that is right for them. The other idea, the other big idea that we had there that actually was our winner for the event is based on our NDS experience. And a lot of it focused on the external experience. So they've looked at both the customer side or consumer side, as well as the internal side. So what they were really focusing in on was making sure that we are fully inclusive for both disabilities and for gender identity, because those are two areas that we aren't fully inclusive. So they looked at our website to see how we talk about disabilities, the resources we provide, and saw that it wasn't as extensive as it could be, um, despite the fact that Nelnet is a is really inclusive once you actually get into the site, but our 
outward site before you sign in wasn't as inclusive as um, could be. So they provide some really great low hanging fruit, uh, tangible ideas to be able to improve that experience. And then they also had some ideas for um, internal experience to make sure everyone who is interacting with those customers has the proper training. So we're focusing both on creating that better consumer experience, but also making sure we're providing really great professional development for our employees and helping them grow as both individuals and workers. Well, we get to talk to our winning team next, and I'm really excited to talk to them more about their idea and more about their process. But I would love to know just high level, how many teams were part of the hackathon and how did those teams work together to come up with their ideas? So we had five teams total. We had three teams come into Lincoln and the huddle building and then two teams um, worked online together. So we told them, we gave very little structure because we wanted them to be able to time their day the way that they needed to. So we had team leads and we um, gave them the instruction of take breaks as you need them. And we gave the teams um, the instruction of ask for breaks when you need them, you know, advocate for yourself as you need it. And we just told them, you know, your first goal is to come up with an idea. And then your second goal is to find a solution or come up with an area we can do better in, and then find a solution um, for that area. So most teams spent about an hour going back and forth, a bunch of different different ideas of ways that they could see um, now that grow in DEI. And then they spent the rest of the time doing research. Um, they hit Nikki up for a lot of different facts and figures for Nelnet, knowing what our um, employee breakdowns look like for different areas of diversity, knowing what our trainings currently look like. So they knew exactly what they should be focusing their efforts on. And then after that, they spent their time coming up with their solution, doing research um, to have data to uh, back up their solution and creating a presentation for the judges. All right, Jess, so our first DEI hackathon is done and we have our winning idea of what's next. What do we do with that idea? So we have our winning idea. I will say we did select a winner because that is part of the hackathon, a tradition format, but every idea was amazing and our judges asked that every idea um, be moved forward and be implemented here at Downnet. So the next step is better together is taking those on in, addition, in conjunction with those team members to help support them as they make those ideas come to fruition. So those team members have been invited to our next Better Together meeting so they can present their ideas, ever can hear all the amazing work that they did. And then we will work with them to help them implement those over the next year. Um, so that way we can make sure we do good on all the work that they've already done and be able to support all the wonderful ideas that they've had come, come from this hackathon. Well, love that plan for sure. We do have one more question that's a little bit more broad, but what are the plans for the future of DEI hackathons here at Nelnet? Is that something we want to keep doing? It's definitely something we want to keep doing. Um, we did do a follow-up survey afterwards to because always room for improvement. So we asked everyone like, what can we do better? What can we make? Um, what can we do to make this the best possible experience? And we got some really great feedback from the group. Um, obviously, we got some really um, wonderful, nice things said as well, because this was a fun, um, really successful event. But we're excited to take that feedback, especially the places where we can improve and put this together again for another hackathon next year. We're hoping to make this an annual event and to be able to make it bigger and better each year and to really allow more and more associates to know about this and to be able to participate and um, 
show off their amazing DEI ideas at Nelnet and then do the same thing next year and work to implement those over the following year as well. All right. Well, we're definitely looking forward to future DEI hackathons 2023. We're looking out for you. (laughs) Jess, where can we find more information once you're ready to start sharing about next year's event? Uh, There's a few important places to look. The first place is watch your weekly comms that come out. So we always put something in the weekly comms. There is a DEI area there every single week. Um, I'm going to give a little plug to it because I'm a part of that committee as well. Um, But we also will put things about events in those Nelnet weekly comms. As um, members of MBS, we do get those TGIF Fridays. Um, and we will put something in there as well for a couple of weeks um, as the registration is open. And then we do have a SharePoint page that you're always able to go to on the Nelnet portal. You can go over there and check out everything that's happening for Better Together. So we do have a future hackathon that will be coming up um, to be planned still. But between now and then, there are a lot of other really great events that are happening from Better Together and the ARGs that you'll be able to find on the portal. Well, Jess, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us a little bit more about our DEI Hackathon event and just share the successes that we got to see from it. We're so excited to see those plans come to fruition. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I'm so excited to be able to share about the Hackathon and the wonderful work that everyone did while they were there. All right. We had a great conversation with Jess talking about what exactly a DEI hackathon is and why we had one here at Nelnet. Now we get to talk to the winning team. We have two of our winning team members here, Tony and Jim. Hello, both of you. We're so glad you're here. But we need to get to know a little bit more about both of you first before we jump in and talk about what your winning idea was. So first of all, let's have you introduce yourselves. Uh, so if you could tell us your name, how long you've been with Nelnet and your current position, that would be great. Tony, let's start with you. Hi, yeah, my name is Tony Monette. I have been with NDS for seven years in October. Um, worked in the Global Quality Department and also in the Customer Interaction Center, and I'm currently a training facilitator in the Global Training and Development Department, um, and I'm also the co-chair of Beacon, which is Nelnet's Black Associate Resource Group. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. How about you, Jim? Uh, my name is Jim Baker. I have been with Nelnet for, uh, math is hard, um, about <laughs> 14 months now. Um, I am. Um, I work on private loan processing, and I am a member of the Learnings and Resources Committee for PRISM, the uh, LGBTQIA plus ARG. All right. Wonderful. Well, we're really excited to talk to you both about your winning idea. Uh, So first of all, though, I'd like to know what makes the both of you so interested and involved in DEI here at Nelnet? Uh, Jim, can I toss this one to you first? When I went back to college for the time that actually got me a degree, I um, wound up double majoring in English and gender studies. And the gender studies Um, portion of my degree really pushed my understanding of what it means to be othered or an outsider in some way and how that can stifle your voice. Um, And that has pushed me to really want to make sure everyone is heard. And even in situations where, you know, um, even in situations where you are a, a minority, make sure that you have a way to 
make your voice heard and make any difficulties you have known in a way that they will be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. That's very important. And just as a little side note here, it's okay. We do a lot of editing in post, so don't worry about that. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, Tony, what about you? Uh, Yeah, so I'd echo some of the same things that Jim mentioned as far as why diversity, equity, and inclusion really resonates with me. So for me, um, I believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion are like the foundation for all other types of rights and freedoms that we have. Because if we don't have diversity, if we don't have equity and people don't feel included, then it's really hard to really participate in anything or participate in community for sure. So um, one of my favorite quotes is, no one's free unless we're all free. And so that's really kind of the mantra that I take on in any space is trying to make sure that everybody is included, trying to make sure that if we don't have representation from a particular marginalized group, that we make sure that we get that, whether it's a team meeting or whether it's um, another Nelnet related event. Um, but I just think that diversity, equity, and inclusion enhances your whole perspective on, you know, how you view the world and how you see different things, helps you come up with different ideas. And I think it just, overall, you're working towards helping other people's um, lives improve. So um, I really see it as an opportunity for me and others to be representative of what diversity looks like um, in an effort to create really a better world. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but we're kind we're shaping our our world and the the world that's going to be um, exist in the future. So I think it's really important for me to be a part of that. Mm. You know, nothing's wrong with cliches if they're true, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what made the both of you decide to get involved in the hackathon specifically, Tony? Maybe you can take this one first. Uh, yeah, so frankly, I didn't know what a DEI hackathon was. <laughs> um, so my first like task was to figure out what exactly we were doing. And then when I kind of gathered more information about, you know, we're talking about like the strategy behind how Nelnet and the Better Together group is really going to make this happen for the organization. Um, I really got involved because I didn't see a lot of representation at the time um, of people of color. Uh, participating in in the process, either because they didn't quite know what it was or didn't quite feel like they could have an impact. I'm not sure exactly the reason, but um, I was like, well, we can't really talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion and solutions and those initiatives if we don't have diversity at the table. So I really just wanted to be a part of the conversation around like, you know, what does that look like for Nelnet as an organization and being able to kind of throw out some of those ideas. Um, because I had been thinking about like, what is Nelnet's like strategy? I know we have, you know, Better Together and that's kind of our DEI initiative, but being able to actually be a part of that process and help kind of shape it, I was like, ooh, this is like right, (laughs) right up my alley. So that is really what, what piqued my interest is making sure that we had diverse representation in that room or in that space to be able to come up with some of these ideas. Yes, representation is so important. What about you, Jim? Why did you decide to get involved in the hackathon? I'm going to echo a lot of the things Tony said, and I get the feeling we're going to be doing a lot of that going back (laughs) and forth here. But um, when I figured out, you know, this is an opportunity to provide some shape for the efforts that Nelnet makes um, going forward to improve DEI, um, 
I jumped at that chance. Like this, this is what I want to be doing um, with my life. This it feels extremely fulfilling to participate in something that helps that helps make the community a better place, um, or that at least has the opportunity to help make the community a better place. Um, and once I figured out what a hackathon was and how that would relate to DEI, I was all over it. Um, this was an extremely enjoyable experience. Yeah, I love that because I agree with you. I didn't really know what a DEI hackathon looked like. And that was part of what Jess and I talked about just a little bit ago. Uh, what exactly is a hackathon? Isn't that something they do in the IT world? And how does that apply to DEI? So it was an interesting conversation to learn more about what that looked like in the DEI spectrum. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the process for the both of you. So we know that there were teams and each team was basically given some freedom to pick a topic and pursue ideas in that topic. But how did you get your team formed and how often did you meet and what did you talk about when you got together? Uh, I don't know, Jim, do you want to start with this one and then Tony, you can fill in any other details? I can give the outline, certainly. Um, the um, team teams weren't really selected, or if they were, I was not part of the selection process. We were assigned teams uh, when we arrived. So, you know, I sat down at a table and uh, was told, oh, yeah, you're going to be working on Tony's team, um, and there's going to be, you know, four to five people per team. And... It was a one-day event, so we um, had an introductory space in which you know we all kind of introduced each other and got to know one another and uh, laid out the objectives, and then we divided up into teams and we worked together as those teams for I think it was three to four hours before um, finalizing our proposals and then presenting them for official submission to the folks that they brought down from the C-suite. So Tony, do you want to share any additional details or how you got involved leading a team? Uh, yeah, so they kind of asked for uh, people that wanted to be team leads for the effort. Again, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, but I'm like, I'm passionate about this. I'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, that was kind of how that worked. Um, and in addition to the details that uh, Jim just just kind of talked about. So we were given a prompt, um, basically asking us to create a DI or think about a DI initiative that we could implement in one year. So we were kind of had a, a time restraint um, on it. And they asked us to kind of talk about some different elements that obviously matter, like the budget, the resources that we might need to use, and just kind of um, put together a plan for how we could possibly implement it in the organization. Um, so we developed a presentation, we did a lot of research, and it was really interesting to me because there were people from NBS as well as NDS. Um, and so it was interesting to hear from people at all different points of the company. And we didn't talk about just like kind of the professional, like, business side of it, but there was a lot of like personal experiences that were shared with some diversity, equity, and inclusion topics. And I thought that made the the process a little richer. Like it wasn't just, you know, coming up with an idea for the moment, but it also helped us, like Jim mentioned, to get kind of get to know each other and where we were kind of coming from from the DEI space. So yeah, um, it was 
it was a an interesting conversation. Um, I think we kind of started out with some big picture, like what areas of DEI do we care about? And how can we um, implement those in Nelnet? And then we kind of branched out into solidifying those ideas and some of the some of the details that they were asking for. So, so what did the process look like to get down to your official submission? You know, you've got some ideas floating around, but how did you get down to one? All right, this is what we're going to focus our research and our presentation on. Tony, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, so as you know, <laughs> there's lots of different avenues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. That like, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. Um, race, um, ability, different identities. So uh, we talked about a few different ideas um, related to some of those areas. And we kind of talked through um, whether we wanted the idea to be like customer facing, meaning like improving the way that we interact with our customers and, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion and some of those topics, or if we wanted to focus on like our internal culture, because those are kind of two different things, but I also think that we kind of found out that they intersect a little bit. And we also wanted to make sure it was feasible, right? Because we know that we're a corporate organization, we're a for-profit organization. So we wanted to make sure that um, the company was set up to be able to actually implement the initiative um, and that we could also evaluate it, right? Because it's one thing to have diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, but it's another thing to be able to be like, okay, how is this actually, actually impacting our employees or our customers or the people that we're interacting with every day. So those are kind of the the key um, areas that we kind of looked at to figure out this is the this is the one <laughs> that we're gonna go for with our limited amount of time, of course. Um, and yeah, so I think that those were some of the ways that we were able to narrow it down in the big, huge, like wealth of DEI initiatives that we could have brought up. Okay, so I want to know what was the official idea or submission that you presented to the group? Jim, you want to talk a little bit about it? Absolutely. Um, we started off looking at the borrower-facing websites for um, FirstMark and Nelnet and looked at um, accessibility for a variety of different um, conditions and um people with various disabilities um, that we wanted to see, okay, how accessible is our website for our customers? Um, and how easy is it for people who maybe can't use the standard website layout to find something else that they can use? Um, and we found one instance of the word accessibility on the homepage. And what we wound up suggesting was effectively make accessibility features more prominent, both on the homepage, but like more broadly across um, a lot of our customer facing um, communication channels, whether that be websites or phone or um, mail options, um, hard copy mail or email, um, make sure that that sort of thing is more prominent and easily accessible um, because you know it is something that we are mandated by federal law to provide um, and to you know have available for our clients. But it's something that if you don't know to ask for it, it's buried really deep and really obscurely on the website. So it can 
it can be one of those things where if you don't know that it's supposed to happen, you don't know to ask for it, and you're just kind of floundering through trying to make it through with tools that don't work as well for you. Um, and we suggested, you know, a bunch of different ideas for things that could be changed. Um, font size and um, dyslexia-friendly fonts for the website with, you know, placement for a toggle for these, um, like right at the top left of the screen. So it's easy when you log in, if the font is too small to say, ah, there's the button to make it bigger, or I have dyslexia, I can't read this. Oh, wait, I can read that thing in the corner and it says dyslexia-friendly font, perfect. Um, so working to find ways to make our customer-facing communication more accessible to everyone that we have to cater to, because we, as a student loan company, cater to a wide swath of the population with a whole like smorgasbord of levels of ability, and we don't want to leave anyone behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love the idea. So, Tony, can you talk a little bit more about how you presented your idea to the judges and what was the reaction? What feedback did you get or what questions did they ask about your project? Yeah. So as far as the presentation, so it was a PowerPoint presentation that we obviously had a limited amount of time to work on. Um, so we kind of wanted to make sure that we presented kind of what the background was, like what are we currently doing? Um, and we gave some examples of for example, Jim mentioned the website, we gave a very specific example of how this uh, ADA accessibility, you know, statement is way at the bottom of the screen. Um, So it's not, you know, visible for those that might need it. Um, We also included in the presentation the fact that we already have uh, some team members and some departments within the company that are working on some of these things um, related to accessibility, whether that be um, our fellow ARG, um, which is dance, or um, whether that be marketing and our IT departments. So we already have kind of departments in place to work on these initiatives. Um, So we kind of talked about how this would be impactful, of course, to our our borrower-facing individuals to make sure that they have that accessibility, but also like really branding Nelnet as an organization that that shows that we care about our customers and in turn that we really care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think we also kind of talked about it as a way to improve like hiring and people being interested in working for Nelnet or partnering with Nelnet in our different um, business segments um, to be able to really like solidify that it's not just like a performative DEI kind of thing, um, but it's something that's actually going to make an impact for the organization. And so those are kind of the elements that we included in the presentation. Um, As far as feedback, I know I was a little surprised, but um, grateful that we do actually already have um, a kind of a steering committee working on some of these accessibility issues. Um, And they really mentioned that they were wanting to think more more deeply or more heavily, I guess, about including more diverse people um, around the table at those meetings when we're talking about accessibility, because we know that accessibility, you know, spans across multiple different demographics. Like, 
you know, there are, there are people with different levels of, of ability across all demographics. So they really were interested in making sure that that space was representative of our company, of our organization, and frankly, of our borrowers, because that's who we're, um, who we're interacting with. Uh, and they also, of course, asked the normal stuff like, you know, what are the costs associated? Can you give us an idea of like how much manpower we're going to need to use and things like that? Um, which makes sense because in order to implement it, we have to make sure that we have the resources to do so. Um, but I think um, a lot of their comments were, were positive um, in that we're already working on this, but you all kind of gave us a different angle to kind of look at it. Um, so, so yeah, it, and it was, it was really, it was good because the judges were all, you know, sweet C-suite folks. So they were um, really interested in how we can actually make this, this happen with what, with who and what we already have. So how are you able to answer some of those questions? Like how much manpower and how much would this cost? What were some of the things that you did to try to figure those details out? Because a lot of the, a lot of the specific things we were talking about were, you know, website development, um, or website redevelopment. Um, we did a lot of looking at, okay, how much does it cost to hire a web developer over the course of a year? And how many do we think would be needed for this kind of project? How big of an overhaul are we actually talking about? And how many man hours do we think that would be? So we were able to give them you know, a rough estimate range of depending on how big you want to go with this. It could be anywhere from you know, a low-end figure to, um, God, I can't remember the numbers at this point. It's been a couple of weeks now, but <laughs> right. um, we, we were able to give them a, a range of possible costs and say, you know, these are our estimates based on, you know, mid-range values for um, people who do this kind of work that we just pulled down off the internet, but we have our own teams in-house that are already maintaining these systems. So what we'd really be doing, it like it's it's not necessarily representative of we'd have to go out and hire someone to do this. It's just we'd have to shift some resources. We'd have to shift some of the people who are already doing work maintaining our websites to working to update them. And then we'd have to have the meetings before that to say, okay, what do we want these updates to do? What do we want the website's new functionality to be so that the people who are making the changes have clearly outlined goals from the beginning because you, it never works well when you give programmers vague goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it sounds like there was a lot of legwork that you guys had to do in a very short amount of time to be prepared for this presentation. So kudos to you both for, and the rest of your team as well, for being able to put some of those details together. So got to ask, <laughs> your submission won. What'd you win? Tony, you want to take that one? Yeah. So we got a nice, cute little Nelnet goodie bag. Um, it had a, a little trophy in it. Um, that said Nelnet DEI Hackathon winner. And I was like, ooh, this is nice. I'm going to put it on my mantle. Um, and then we got, uh, there was a coffee cup in there and a lot of other like Nelnet swag stuff. So it was really, it was really nice. I wasn't expecting anything. I was just expecting to go there and, you know, talk about some DEI stuff because I'm a nerd like that. Um, and I, I just enjoy, you know, 
talking to people about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff. But yeah, it was really nice. Um, and it was, you know, unexpected. So that made it better. So what are the next steps? What is Nelnet going to do with this winning submission? We got to talk a little bit with Jess about it, but I'd love to hear from your perspective. You know, are you, are you and your team going to be involved in some of these things? Or what does this look like as things start to play out after this hackathon's over? Jim, do you want to take a stab? And then Tony, you can fill in any details. Um, so one of the things that the judges told us um, when they announced the winner was that they want to move forward with all of the ideas that were presented. They liked everything that was said um, and they they wanted to implement all of it, at least to some degree or another. Um, and the um, showrunners of the hackathon, for lack of a better term, um, in told us all that, you know, those of us who have not attended before would be getting invites to the monthly um, DEI meetings that Better Together puts on uh, to continue to be part of these processes. Uh, and those of us who are already part of Better Together will be, you know, just continuing to do what we already do um, and can um, maybe pick up um, partial ownership or responsibility for one of these projects going forward. Um, so, you know, a lot of us, like, I certainly want to stick with the one that was my group's baby, but there, you know, a lot of them were really cool and really fun ideas that I'd love to help with as well. I can only actually help with so many projects before my brain burns out and smoke comes out mm -hmm. my ears, but, <laughs> um, I had a great time with all of it. So I'm really looking forward to getting to participate in seeing all of this come to fruition. Awesome. Love it. Tony, any other details you want to share about what's going to happen in the future for these projects? Working closely with the Better Together team so that we can make sure that our idea as well as others um, are able to kind of move forward. I personally am one of those go-getter people, so I want to make sure that we follow through. Because like I mentioned earlier, um, I think a lot of times diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives just in general can be a little performative, and we kind of talk about the things that we want to do, and then the conversation just kind of stops there. So I definitely want to make sure that we're, we're actionable about um, the initiative so we can really, you know, make real impact. Um, and much like Jim said, I'm super eager and excited to continue working on these efforts and also work in other areas um, of diversity, equity, and inclusion that I see opportunity for the organization to grow and build on. Um, and I really think that, you know, going forward that Nelnet as an organization is really um, in a good spot to really brand themselves to really, you know, show up as a company that has a culture that's diverse, equitable, and inclusive, but it's going to take um, all of us to really, you know, make that happen and make that, you know, be a solidified part of the organization. Um, and I also think that it's going to improve our prospects in terms of, you know, hiring and um, different businesses and organizations that we work with going forward in, in other areas of the company, I think will be improved just by um, what seem like small but large efforts to really include diversity, equity, and inclusion in, in everything we do, including 
our borrower facing um, communications and services. So yeah, really excited about it. Yeah, definitely something to be excited about. Um, well, I just want to thank you both for coming on the show today and talking about your experience with the hackathon and your idea. I think it's a great idea and I can't wait to see what gets rolled out to start making some improvements because it's a huge win for both us and our customers. And I don't think it'll take a ton of effort to to make sure that we are accommodating these people. Like, yes, the work for sure will be extensive, but the outcome is going to be awesome. So, so excited to see what happens here. Now it's time for our executive leader advice segment. And today we have Becky Pollock here with us to give us some great career advice. Say hi, Becky. Hi, everybody. We're so excited to have you here for this advice segment. Uh, before I jump in and ask you for your advice, though, can you just give us your name again, your roles here at NBS, and how long you've been with the company to refresh us? Sure. So my name is Becky Pollock. I have a, actually two different titles. I am president of Nelnet Payment Services, which is a division of NBS, and I am also the NBS um, chief payments officer. Um, I have been with the Nelnet organization for what will be 21 years here in less than a month. So very long time. <laughs> very long time, but uh, <laughs> time well spent, right? <laughs> That's right. Loving every minute of it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So Becky, we have a specific question about advice here. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received and how have you incorporated that into your career? Sure. So that's a love that question. And I always talk about this story, which isn't actually that old. It, it happened a few years back. I've had a lot of great advice from a lot of great leaders in, in my career. But um, years back, I said, I really wanted to do something different. I really loved being the CFO of NBS, which was my previous role, Chief Financial Officer. Um, but I said, I really wanted to do something different. And the advice that I was given, um, which was what I give to everybody is, um, that's great. Help us find your successor. Help us make it easy for you to move into a different role and um, allow for the role that you're playing to be taken care of, right? And still be something that doesn't um, fall, fall down <laughs> or um, still have the leadership that it needs. And so I've taken that to heart um, and I always share that with people. So as people talk about wanting to advance in their career, um, move on to different roles, I always call it make it easy to be replaced, um, not permanently, but just so that what you leave behind in the role that you're in is taken care of for the company because it's an important role and you can move on to something different, maybe something passionate, maybe using a different skill set. So um, when I mentor people, I talk to them a lot about what are you passionate about? What different thing might you want to do? Um, in my case, it wasn't necessarily moving up. It was moving sideways and doing something mm -hmm. different with the Nelnet Payment Services Company. So Becky, what would you say are the top two or three things that we can do to make it easy for our own successors? Oh, great question. <laughs> I think that it's important to um, think about the key responsibilities that you have in your role. Um, what are those most important things that you do every day? And then think about people um, working with your leader maybe, or, or depending upon how level, how high up in the organization you are, maybe even doing some of your own research to figure out 
who also has a passion for that? Talk to people. So who has the passion and who has the skill to do those couple of things that are the most critical? No one's going to walk into any role 100% perfect for any job. Um, the role that I that I ended up with, with being the president of Nelnet Payment Services, wasn't something that I was 100% qualified for. It's pretty sure that most people aren't. Um, but look and try to help your leader um, find your successor, right, by identifying those key things that you do and agree with your leader. Those are the most important things in this job. Also look for somebody who's passionate about that. We all maybe want to advance in our career, but look for somebody who has passion around that type of work. If you don't enjoy what you do and don't have a passion around it, um, it's pretty hard to get up in the morning and it's pretty hard to stay engaged in, in advancing that role for yourself and for the company. So I think those would be a couple things that I would recommend. Excellent recommendations. Thank you so much for sharing your advice here. I think lots of people will take that to heart.